CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. It's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Holidays. We are still in our year-end roundup mode phase, if you will. And today, to talk about the best albums of 2017, I have two contributors to TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net, two guys who have been posting stuff on the website all year. I hope you guys have checked out some of their great articles and and reviews. I have Joe Becht and you doing? Victor Ruiz. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, just uh, getting ready for Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. Awesome. And Victor, how's, how's, how are things in Spain? Things are good. Um, getting no. kind of chilly over here. Nowhere near as chilly as what you guys have, but... The music is here to keep us warm. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, we had snow today. Oh, did you really? Wow. Yeah, I heard I heard the lake effect snow was was hitting certain places. I guess that includes you, Joe. Well, that wasn't bad. But... All right. Yeah, let's get going. Cool. Well, let's let's talk about your favorite releases from 2017. I'd also like to talk about some of the the concerts that stick out in the minds of, of you guys as, as great shows that you've, you've seen. I know, Joe, you go to a lot of shows. 
So let's yes. uh, let's start with releases, though. Top five albums. Let's start with number five from Victor Ruiz of the Mars Attacks podcast. Victor, what do you got at number five for us? Number five for me would be Living Colors Shade. It's a good one, definitely, definitely. And any any thoughts behind it that you could share? Yeah, I I mean I was a huge Living Color fan early on, especially of the second album Times Up. I played the ever living crap out of that album. I loved it so much. I still listen to it from time to time and uh, although I've appreciated stuff off of the other albums that they've put out since then, Shade is like a return to form for them in my opinion and it touches on a lot of different things obviously um social aspect of things that are going on especially in the u.s right now um and just the music is really up to par with a lot of their earlier stuff where they've always experimented and sometimes for me anyway they've uh, maybe lost me here and there but i think this album is really on point and i'm i really enjoyed it so absolutely and you know i I didn't really follow. I was a big fan for the first two records. Like like you said, that second record, wow, that was amazing. Love Rears Its Ugly Head is one of the greatest rock songs ever. So good. But uh, I didn't really follow them much since then. I remember seeing Vernon Reed play a solo show at one point during the 90s, but kind of lost track of them. And, and this album has really brought me back in, into the Living Color fold. It's a great record. It's Shade by Living Color. It's Victor's number five for 2017. Over to Joe. Joe, what do you have at number five? At number five for me is Greta Van Fleet okay. from The Fires. Cool. A lot of a lot of chatter about this band. Some yeah. people calling them too close to to the Led Zeppelin sound, <laughs> uh, almost a clone. They're very it, close to Led Zeppelin yeah. sound. I, I, they throw in a little Black Crows too. Yeah, so I the sound is an original, but the way I look at it is it's a sound that's been dormant for a while. So I have nothing against young people re- resurrecting it, and it's an enjoyable listen. Absolutely. And they are young guys, right? Like early 20s or something? Yeah. 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 They just played here in Chicago. It was at a really small place. Wow. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to go because I was in Los Angeles. I, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, yeah. They, they, I, I enjoy it. It's, a, it's an enjoyable listen. And yeah, they are really re- young guys from Michigan. But the singer, uh, Josh Kis- Kiska, sounds exactly like Robert Plant. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Victor, number four, your fourth favorite album of 2017. Number four for me is Darkness Remains by Night Demon. Wow. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Um, I know this is sort of uh, maybe controversial for a few people because I know they've rated other albums of theirs higher. But I don't know. This album just sort of stuck with me since it came out. Um, I think they've... I mean, they're not inventing anything new here. They're they're obviously doing a lot of uh, new wave of British heavy metal influence stuff and a lot of, you know, early 80s hard rock type stuff. And uh, I don't know. They just had a, quite a few tracks off of this album that I really liked. And uh, like I said, just as the, the tracks have stuck with me since since they've come out. Very cool. I'm going to have to pitch. So, Victor, I'm writing this down. 
So if it's not on my list, I'm, <laughs> it. I'm buying everything tonight. And for the listeners, guys, we will have these lists posted in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net. So no need to, to write the, the list down like Joe is currently doing. You can just simply go to our <laughs> website. We'll have the lists posted. And uh, yeah, over to, let's see, that was number four from Victor. Now we're going over to Joe Becht for number four. Joe, your right. fourth favorite list. Yeah, in- is- Go ahead. Yeah, this is where it really gets good for me because 2017 was a great year for for music. Venom Inc. Ave Santanas is just a great album, and they took you know you got Montes and uh, Abaddon combined with the Demolition Man, right? And they took that old Venom sound and updated it, and it just it's blistering, great, hard pounding metal. I love it. Yeah, I saw those guys in concert up in Montreal like two years ago, and they were so good, uh, so much fun. And yeah, Tony, Tony Demolition Man Dolan definitely is doing a great job at, at fronting the band. And it, it that that new Venom stuff caused me to go back and kind of rediscover the the looked over material he did with Venom. Like in, I guess it would have been like the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, there's some good stuff that he's done with them, even back in those days. But yeah, Venom Inc. Two thirds of the original Venom lineup back with Tony Dolan, who was uh, definitely in Venom, but n- maybe not in the 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 classic era, if you will, or the, or the real popular era. But yeah, good stuff, Venom Inc. And do you want to hit a track off of that, Joe? Yeah, let's do Forged in Hell, because Mantis just rips on the guitar in that song. Let's check it out. Venom Inc. here on Talking Metal.
little Venom Inc. from 2017 here on Talking Metal. I am with Joe Becht and Victor Ruiz, and we are talking about the top five greatest albums of the year. We are over to Victor for number three. What do you got there, Victor? I have Mastodon's Emperor of Sand. And (laughs) what's that, Mark? I said, oh, nice, nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seemed like I caught you off guard with my last pick. I'm, I was hoping I wasn't going down a, a slippery slope here. Um, yeah, it, Mastodon just continued to, in my opinion, put out great music. Whether I know there's a lot of hardcore uh, listeners of the band that are still crying for them to go back to Leviathan and, and things like that. But the band have continuously said, you know, we were influenced by Thin Lizzy and ACDC and, you know, things like that. And, um, and, and it's shown they've gone more and more in a hard rock direction with every release since Crack the Sky. And in my opinion, they haven't disappointed with any albums since then and their albums have consistently been on my year end list i know some people don't check them out because maybe they're considered you know uh hipster metal or whatever or hipster music in general but uh, i think if you put all the you know labels and nonsense aside it's a really solid album absolutely what do you want to play off that record victor any track we could play for the talking metal listeners yeah, the track that I just absolutely love is called Steam Breather. Cool. Here it is, Steam Breather by Mastodon from 2017 here on Talking Metal.
a little new Mastodon on Talking Metal. We are with Victor Ruiz and Joe Beck going over the top releases of 2017. That was number three, a little Mastodon from Victor over to Joe. Joe, your number three greatest record of the year is... Well, so the next three, it's going to be, it's really close because I thought this was slam dunk for 2017 until two, my next two came out. Stone Sour's Hydrograd. I just absolutely love this album. Corey Taylor and the band take a lot of different chances going to little, you know, there's that heaviness, but they go into little uh, different styles here and there, some 80s metal, some really 80s type great guitar work by new guitarist Christian Martucci. So I really enjoy this listen a lot. And like I said, I thought it was a slam dunk for album of the year until my next two came out. Nice. And and Stone Sour now featuring, I guess he's been in the band for a while, but I I it only just recently came to my attention, ex-Fireball Ministry bassist Johnny Chow in, in yes. Stone Sour. Yeah. So, very yeah. cool. Very cool. We are moving on to number two. We're getting close to the top here, guys. Victor, number two, the number to greatest record of 2017 as accorded uh, as according to Victor Ruiz of the Mars Attacks podcast. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right, so here here's the one that's probably going to garner me the most amount of shit out of anything, but I absolutely love this album. This album has riffs for days in my opinion. Uh, it's a great return to form by this cool. album or by this band, excuse me. And uh, uh, my one and only time that I got to do uh, a Talking Metal live show in person with uh, John and Mark, uh, we had Joey Z from Life of Agony on. And for me, uh, Life of Agony is a place where there's no pain. It's just an absolutely great album. I know a lot of people have focused more on the whole um, lead singer situation with the uh, transgender thing. Right. and. Sure. Um, and I think people haven't gotten beyond that to give this album a chance. Uh, this is also, to me, the the typical thing where people will say, "Well, it'll never, you know, it'll never be as good as Master of Puppets. It'll never be as good as Destroyer." Okay, so it'll never be as good for a lot of people as their first two albums. But because most people got to listen to those albums when they were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old, so they were in a completely different space of of mind at the time and it's completely different if you're in your late 30s early 40s close to 50s um nothing that comes out now is ever going to compare to that stuff so i think if you listen to stuff objectively and with an open mind i think there's there's quite a few really there's quite a few good tracks on here and especially from a music standpoint <clears throat> excuse me just the the riffs that joey z and alan roberts came up with for this album are amazing in my and, opinion and what's the record called again the album is called "A Place Where There's No Pain." I got to check it out because I have to admit I haven't really listened to that at all. So you have piqued my interest. Life of Agony, <laughs> for sure, definitely. Joe, number two, what do you got? Right, here we go. Black Country Communion, BCC Four. <laughs> Love this album. I listen to it uh, at least two to three times a week. I know there's a controversial song on there called The Crow, but I have a theory about that, if I may. Yeah. Well, The Crow is the song which we've spoken about on numerous podcasts at this point that sounds just a little too close to a Rage Against the Machine song called Bulls on Parade. But what's your theory? What's your theory, Joe? 
All right, my theory is, well, I saw Jason Bonham play with his Led Zeppelin experience this summer, and he flat out said that the Wonton song is his, the fav- his, his favorite Led Zeppelin song, the favorite song that his father played on. If you listen to Rage Against the Machine's Vietnam, right. it kind of borrows from the Wonton song. So I'm always of this theory, like the cult kind of went back and forth with this with the Foo Fighters, and Prince went back forth with this with the Foo Fighters where they would steal each other's stuff or blatantly just copy each other's tunes. I I wouldn't doubt if it's that you know, Jason Bonham telling uh telling Glenn Hughes, you know, let's get back at Rage and take a little of their riff since they took a little of my father's riff. So that's just my theory. I could be way out there, but I love the album. I love the song and it's just a great listen. Yeah. Sounds no offense, sounds a little far fetched to me. I like the theory, though. I, I like I like where you went with it. I like how you tied it all together. It's a smart. I just theory. remember hearing. It's smart, I but I, I don't know if it's true. But okay, go ahead. I remember hearing it now now by Rage when it came out in the nineties ago, and this sounds like the Wonton song. I mean, it's tuned way down low, but you know now I mean, you just, you just wonder. It, that's but then I I've been called three <laughs> it's it's incredible Glenn Hughes uh, a man in his mid 60s at this point just year after year from California breed two years ago to resonate last year to the the fourth record by Black Country Communion how he continues at his age to deliver such potent rock just a one, two, three punch just right at you. And I am absolutely blown away by this guy. He doesn't stop every year. Full records of new material. His voice better than ever. His playing just awesome. He's got two brand new knees. He's out there rocking it. He had to have uh, yeah. t- both knees replaced recently. But anyway, so I saw him last year and just incredible. I will remind everyone, if you didn't hear his solo record from last year, Resonate, amazing. The year before that, California Breed with um, Jason Bonham and Andrew Watt on guitar, a phenomenal young kid from New York City on guitar. That record was one of the greatest rock records of the past two decades. Definitely, if you don't know those two records, go back and check those out. Black Country Communion, the fourth record, is out this year. It's number two on Joe Beck's list for 2017. Um, let's let's head over to number one. I want to get both you guys to give me your number one album, and then we'll play a track from each album. But let's first reveal uh, both number ones. Victor, the the number one album of 2017 for you is for me head and shoulders above all the rest and again we can debate whether this is hard rock or or whether it's rock or whatever but to me nothing has played more than queens of the stone ages villains right yeah, and, and definitely we could debate it because it definitely has, you know, with Mark Ronson, the, the producer who has done a lot of a lot of hip-hop and pop and Amy Winehouse, it, it definitely, it, to me, has a different vibe, nowhere near as, mm-hmm. as heavy as those earlier Queens of the Stone Age records, which, I mean, if you go back and listen to that first Queens of the Stone Age record, it's it's almost Caius. I mean, it's so, so much right. sludge and stuff, but... Yeah, I I I'm with you. I I on two fronts uh, that it's an absolutely insanely good record, and two, it may not actually be a hard rock and and heavy metal record, but since they do have hard rock roots for sure, 
uh, right. you are allowed to include it as your number one record of the year. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's good. It's good. Great stuff. I Joe, second that. These yeah. are the Stone Ages in the wheelhouse. So I, I hear, hear. Awesome. And I'm Joe, picking that up tonight, Victor. All right, cool. Joe, what do you uh, got at number one? Uh, number one for me is a crossover from Victor's list, uh, Living Color Shade. Uh, just nice. phenomenal. And I'd like to preface it by saying I was always lukewarm on Living Color. I, I mean, I, I saw them open up for the Stones. I saw them origin, uh, play on their uh, tour here at the Metro at a smaller, you know, smaller vendor in Chicago. Liked them, was never a huge fan. This album just blows me out of the water. And I, I invite everybody, uh, all the listeners out there, to go back to listen to Emily's interview with Vernon Reed. Fantastic interview. Oh, cool. Uh, just an amazing, that. amazing album. They they take, I mean, everything in here. My my, I got my kids into it because they like rap and they love the version of Who Shot You on this. Um, the preaching blues is blues, but it's friggin' heavy as can be. Just up, up and down a fantastic album. So that's my number one. Awesome. Great record, great pick. It was Victor's number five. It's your number one. We'll definitely hit a track on it in a bit. But um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Let's uh, let's first hit a Queens of the Stone Age song from 2017. What do you have for us, Victor? Um, my favorite track off of the album is the first one, Feats Don't Fail Me Now. Here we go. Queens of the Stone Age on Talking Metal.
here on Talking Metal. Joe, Living Color, what track you got for us? Man, this is hard. It's like trying to pick who my favorite kid is. But I'm going to have to go <laughs> with, I, I love Always Wrong. It just, it, you know, it comes after, it's like program, who shot you? Bam, 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 you're getting punched in the face. Then Always Wrong just brings out emotion in me. And it's just, it just resonates with me so much. And I think it's a beautiful song. So I'm going to have to pick Always Wrong. Cool. Always Wrong by Living Color here on Talking Metal. Can't start where I begun. What's done can't be undone. Can't outrun the sun.
That was a little living color here on Talking Metal. Be sure to check out the list that we'll have up in the show notes for today's episode on the website. And also just visit the website so you can check out the articles that Joe and Victor have been writing for us. There's some really great stuff. We're, we're kind of shifting direction now. We're still, we still have TalkingMetal.com, but the main site now in 2018 is going to be talkingrock.net which means we can spread our wings a little bit as far as musical styles and genres but not too much we're still going to stick with the hard and heavy stuff that that we all love the classic hard rock and and heavy metal um, sounds that will still be prominently featured on talkingrock.net talking metal the podcast is going nowhere we've been bringing you weekly episodes almost every week since 2000 Oh, 2005, which is just insane, and we're going to keep that going. So uh, Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks to Joe and Victor for joining us on this episode with their favorite. And before we go, Victor, any leftovers, any ones that were close that almost made your list? Could you throw some at us, some other good releases from 2017? Absolutely. This album, or this year, I would say like Joe said, had a lot of great music. Like every year, I think if you look, find stuff that, that's good that's out there. Uh, things that could have easily made the top five. Uh, Amber Galactic from the Night Flight Orchestra. Uh, Psychotic Symphony from nice. Sons of Apollo. Um, the Too Grinding Wheel by... Yeah, the Grinding Wheel by Overkill, who... Awesome. The later they get in their career, they seem to just get better and better (laughs) you know they just keep putting out solid music um i really enjoyed la guns the missing piece it has a lot of elements of the uh first album to me which is still my favorite by them and absolutely love this new album um what was a uh clusterfuck of an interview for me but uh still enjoy the album is uh stephen piercy's smash um (laughs) <laughs> so, um, and and yeah, and and I mean, I also really enjoyed um, uh, the new Royal Blood album, which you know is more on the rock side. How did we get so dark? And uh, the darkness is Pinewood Smile. Not a huge fan of the darkness, and um, and I really enjoyed it. I I will have to say this. Uh, I wish Jason Bonham would listen to uh, Rufus Taylor play a little and realize that his father did come up with a few other drum patterns that uh, that Jason has forgot about in recent really? years. So, okay. And that, that's the guy, he's, he's uh, the son of uh, Roger Taylor from Queen, right? That is correct, yes. Drums of the Darkness. Very cool, very cool. cool. Joe, yeah. Um, yeah. let's go over to you. You go to a lot of shows, so when you look back yeah. over the year, 2017, what are some of the, the top shows that stand out in your mind? Man, I saw some great shows this year. First of all, the Open Air Festival here in Chicago was awesome because of so many bands, but the surprises were how great Slayer and Rob Zombie were. Um, just, just blew me away. Slayer. I've never seen so much pyro in my life with Slayer. Uh, <laughs> the best concerts were probably the bookends. The first concert I saw this year was Tool and they just blew me away. First time I saw them, um, just musicianship stage show. 
Maynard stayed in the background. You could barely see him. The band and the, you know, the drummer, the bassist and the guitarist were from the forefront, but just an amazing show. And then Guns N' Roses, I just saw them last week in L.A. on the final part of their uh, uh, U.S. league. And I wasn't expecting much. And man, they delivered, just delivered a great stage show. Great, uh, great great performance and the band you know you had the core three original guys but the uh the rest of the band uh just were amazing as well so i really enjoyed guns and roses and tool but i saw yeah Steve, you know i saw steven piercy at a small um village uh last fling in naperville put on a great show played one the one song off the smash and the rest was a rat uh set list so that was a great cool. show metallica i enjoyed yeah, so great year for concerts, Maiden, of course. But uh, my, my two favorite were Tool and Guns N' Roses. Awesome. Victor, what are you looking uh, forward to in 2018 as far as releases go? Anything that you're really excited about? Um, well, I, I, it would be interesting if uh, Tool finally got their album out, <laughs> which, uh, you know, for everyone... Yeah, for everyone that shit on Guns N' Roses for all those years. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we'll see, uh, apparently, we're going to see new Megadeth, I think, towards the end of the year, supposedly. Uh, that should be interesting. Um, hoping uh, Metallica also said that they wanted to turn albums around quicker, which I sort of doubt, because outside of the two Load albums, they've never really taken less than five years to release anything. Well, I guess early on, maybe not the case, but after... After Master of Puppets, it's always been the case. So I, I mean, I'm 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 hoping some of the uh, you know <laughs> bigger bands that we've uh, been accustomed to seeing put out some decent material. Maybe Ozzy for one last fling, and with him and Zach. Let me tell you guys, I went into the city yesterday. Today we are recording this way early. You guys won't hear it for a while, the listeners, but it's the December seventh. I was in the city yesterday uh, at Epic Records and went into a room by myself and they told me i was the first person one of the first person possibly this is what they said possibly the first person besides band and management and people who were in the studio with them to hear the new priest record uh because i I was the first guy there for press they played me the the record from start to finish everything but one song they played me and what i heard there was only one song that I thought was less than perfect. Again, I heard every song but one off the record. Um, the other songs were perfect. This new Ju- Judas Priest record goes places that they haven't gone since not only the the early '80s, but since the '70s. I'm talking about Rob wow. vocal Rob's vocal stylings, singing, doing his using that beautiful voice that we heard on like Sin After Sin and and sad wings of destiny where you know we know rob can scream and deliver a punch with his voice but it is so refreshing to hear him sing in that natural organic voice again a beautiful singing voice on him and it's back along with songs that sound like they could come off a painkiller songs that they sound like that could you know come off of point of entry even a little turbo hookiness here and there sometimes (laughs) all within the same song, hitting upon different eras of the band. It is a great record. I'm very excited for it. When I heard the 10-second sound clip of Firepower, I was like, eh, sounds kind of like 
a painkiller knockoff. Don't don't judge yeah. it by that little sound clip. This is a, an epic record that again I only heard it once. You know, minus one you know one song, but uh, I was very very impressed by this record and can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. Yeah, I can't wait. Andy Sneep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Saxon, you know, they're touring with Saxon, so Saxon's coming out with a new release. I'm also dying, and I'm 50-50 on uh, going still, um, but I want to hear reviews or snippets from the Gene Simmons vault. Right, I'm, right, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just dying to know what's in there and what the experiences are like. The first one's coming up in January 6th in Los Angeles. There's one coming up in St. Louis that I'm toying with. listening the, parties you're talking about, right? Where they got to pay yeah, like you know, a big we, amount of money to go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's two grand. You, it's two grand. You spend time with them and you get the giant vault with all the CDs. So yeah, and but, which sounds like an incredible amount of money. However, I will defend Gene because you know it's like the guy's a superstar. I mean, everyone knows. My dad knows who Gene Simmons is. You know, my my son knows who who Gene Simmons is, and they have you know like a, a sixty seven years between them. You know, but it's it's like it's like this guy is a major superstar and. Why not? Why why not charge people to come meet you? I mean, you these meet and greets, you know, you want to meet Steven Tyler and Joe Perry at the Aerosmith meet and greet, you're going to pay close to 2 grand, you know. So it's 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 really not that outrageous when you think about it. Uh, you know, and people are like, "Oh, well, 50,000 he'll come to your house." Yeah, you know, Bruce Willis won't come to your house for fifty thousand dollars. You know, it's like, it's like that's it's not that bad, really. When you think about, you know, Vince Neil will also probably show up at your house for you know fifty grand and play with his band. That's what it costs to book these people. And so, right. you know, I I do I think it's a crazy amount of money, but if they can get it, I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? It's capitalist society. I mean, I I don't know. It's like what yeah. Gene has always been more than grateful with his fans. You know, I've seen him shake hands with every everybody waiting to 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 meet him at you know after the concert and and uh, even take pictures for free. So you know, I think I think that that's it's not that big of a ripoff. But anyways, that's my defense of Gene Simmons. Um, to yeah, end the show. I know. I know the uh, the conversation with Gene would be fulfilling, and I have some specific questions to ask him. I'm just uh, I'm reluctant because they disappointed me musically. And I don't want to, you know, fall into that either. So it'll be interesting to hear from the people that go on uh, January 6th to Los Angeles, how the experience is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Joe, are you going to see Vinnie Vincent in Atlanta? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I'll I'm be there. Hopefully, hopefully Vinnie yeah. will show. But we will yeah, be I know. there. I know. We'll have to do a, a we'll live Talking Metal yeah. or a, a record an episode of Talking Metal while we're there with, with you, Joe, in person. All right. Cool. All right. All right, guys. Happy New Year. And um, let's keep the writing going. Let and come visit the website and read all this great stuff that Joe and Victor are doing for for us here on Talking Metal and Talking Rock. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. <laughs>